Hello, my name is Gillian Bowen, the Australian Manager of Public Affairs at Chartered Accountants ANZ or CAANZ. This is Small Firm Big Impact. The ATO came out with a press release outlining exactly what they're actually looking at. Short-term rentals, they're really concentrating on that and working from home deductions. To start with Nali, everyone's just waiting to see what, what actually comes about and, and what will actually finally get legislated before, I think, deciding what needs to be done. In relation to Payday Super, there's, there's a fair deal of angst of what it actually might mean, uh, especially to smaller businesses and certainly from a cash flow perspective. It's the podcast giving you and your clients the up-to-date information you need to do your jobs. Each fortnight, I share resources, tools, and expert advice provided by CAANZ and a range of people across our profession. So make sure you're following the pod in your favorite pod app. And if you've got an idea for the show, email podcast at charteredaccountantsanz.com. This episode, we're picking apart the federal budget, what it means for you and your clients, the impacts, especially now there's been a bit of time to digest what's in it. I have with me Susan Franks, our senior tax advocate, and Tony Negline, our superannuation and financial services leader. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Gillian. Hi, Gillian. Look, let's dive straight into some key measures that are relevant to our members. Susan, first to you, what are couple of the tax measures that you really want our members to know about? Well, the ta- budget was quite light on tax measures. I mean, went from an individual perspective, Lamito, the low middle income tax offset was not extended. There was no comment on stage three tax cuts, but there were there was an announcement in relation to the ATO getting extra funding in relation to um, auditing um, personal tax returns. And on Mother's Day, the ATO came out with a press release outlining exactly what they're actually looking at. And what they're looking at is um, short-term rentals. They're really concentrating on that and working from home deductions. Now, they've chosen those two because the working from home deductions has changed and our Mm. members uh, will need to do quite a lot of communication to their clients about these changes. You know, what's in the working home from deduction is quite different to what was in the working from home deduction in the prior year. And the clients may not necessarily have kept all the receipts for that. So they'll have to have a careful conversation with their clients about that question question without notice from me i know we've done a podcast episode on what was coming with michael croker at the start of this series so you can circle back to that but we would have information on our website or that we've been putting in newsletters about those changes for members to get the information they need yes so if you look at the cans um website and go back to um gill's very first um small business, big impact, you'll find a great analysis of the working from home deductions from Michael Coker um, when he discussed it with Gil. So I highly recommend people going to that podcast. All right. So we've covered off work from home. Um, Talk us through the short-term rental focus from the ATO. Well, the ATO has highlighted that it's going to be focusing on short-term rental properties um, this year. It's traditionally got a lot of income from social media platforms like Airbnb and Stay so it can get income coming in. What it's really cracking down on this year is interest expense, borrowing expenses, and also the treatment of property once it's sold. The ATO is now getting information from banks 
regarding property loans. So it now knows what the interest expense is, what the borrowing expense is, whether a property has been associated with earning income. So people that are selling properties and they've used part of that property to generate um, rental income, they can't get the whole principal place of residence CGT discount exemption, uh, exemption. So they need to think about that when they're talking to their clients. Think about the interest expense, how, make sure it's apportioned appropriately between the owners of the property and also apportioned appropriately between business expenses of rent or rental expenses and private expenses. The ATO will be looking at the payments and trying to figure out whether you know the loan is for say a private car and the property and expecting the apportionment to be there. Mm-hmm. That's uh, an interesting point in regards to the fact that the data doesn't lie. There's a lot of data in our world these days and there's a lot of sharing of data between, you're right, the bank and the ATO that they're eventually going to know. So that's a very good point. Is there anything else that you'd like to add that we have we may have um, missed in regards to the tax space? Well, sure. Small businesses will be pleased to know that the PAYG uplift factor is now 6% instead of 12%. That gives them a bit of relief from cash flow during the year. The bad news for small business is the four-year, the amendment period has increased from two years to four years. It's promoted as helping small business, but of course, everyone knows that that also helps the ATO. So need to be careful in relation to small business and amendment period times. And is there anything else then you wanted to highlight in regards to to tax or or what it is from the budget that you want our members from your perspective to know about? Well, small business um, has had the instant asset write-off extended for another year, but this time it's capped at $20,000. So farmers and people with really expensive equipment, um, that 100% depreciation deduction expires 30 June 2023. But if you've got a smaller business with smaller items like fridges, um, air conditioning, you can still get that deduction for another year. There's also the small business energy boost, um, which comes effective from 1 July 2023 to 30 June 24. So um, small businesses can claim 120% of the cost of a depreciable asset during that period. So that's covering things like um, getting a more efficient fridge, getting a more efficient air conditioning, putting heat heat pumps into your business. Um, So keep an eye out for that and talk to your clients about um, energy efficient ways to save costs in the long term. Okay. Their business, particularly in the light of the high energy prices we're getting at the moment. Tony, let's get a a sprinkling on um, what it is that's happening in regards to super. What is it that you wanted to point out to members about superannuation that was in the budget? Well, Gil, there there wasn't anything new per se because everything had either been pre-announced or uh, I guess to some extent had actually been leaked. Uh, And two of those (laughs) obviously is the better targeted super tax concession, uh, otherwise known as the the tax grab for those with uh, total super balances above $3 million. Uh, And the other one, of course, is moving uh, the payment of compulsory employer super contributions uh, to when salary and wages are actually paid from, and both one change, that that change, that second change is going to start from 1 July 26, and the other change is going to start from the 1 July 25. So the key, key date there will be the total super balance on 30 June 
2026. And so what, um, I mean, I know that you're um, passionate about NALI. What is it that was either in or not in the budget in regards to that? Okay, so so NALI, there was an announcement about NALI, um, and so APRA funds have been given a clear roadmap that they are not going to be, from an expense perspective, NALI is no longer relevant for specific expenses and general expenses. Uh, for SMSFs, there's been a slight adjustment for general expenses, so there's a, there's a two-time penalty, uh, and there is also uh, something that will apply, uh, specific expenses will always apply, uh, and... Um, uh, there'll be a change to the start date, but we're not quite sure how that marries in with the ATO's practical compliance guide. Uh, and uh, so th there's there's still some unknowns. There's there's a funny funny little announcement about NALI not applying to contributions. So we just don't quite understand how that. We're, we're trying to clarify about how all that fits together uh, at this point in time. Mm, mm. Look, um, and I'll, I'll come back to you as well, to Tony, to ask you about this as, as well. But uh, Susan, I know that after the budget, you went down and had a, um, a, a session at a post-budget lunch with members and, and the Assistant Treasurer in the New South Wales Illawarra. And that got me thinking about what is it that, that members have been telling you guys or asking you guys in regards to the budget and any other sort of um, tax measures or things going forward that they want to know about? Now, members are wondering where tax reform is at the moment in relation to the budget. I mean, this was a budget where it was dealing with cost of living and it did it through the social security system, not the tax system. And 82% of the $4.2 billion um, budget surplus was banked. There was no talk of tax reform and members are very aware of the structural deficits and the need to increase productivity in Australia and are looking for answers about how the tax system is going to change to give us a viable future going forward. And did Susan, the Assistant Treasurer, take any questions on that or receive any or give, give any sort of tidbits on tax reform? They were pretty much saying that it's steady at its go. I mean, there is the ideas around that uh, before you can tackle tax reform, you need to tackle some of the obstacles to tax reform, like people don't want to pay tax if expenses are out of control. So you see the government beginning to try and bring NDIS back under control, um, re-look at the expenses, infrastructure and defence and reviewing them. People also don't want to pay tax, particularly when it puts it onto lower income earners if the social security system's not there to support them. So you're seeing the government do some moves in there. But I suppose more importantly from our members is that you've seen the government beginning to look at tax concessions. So you see the tax expenditure statement and the distributional analysis and also the addition of items into the tax expenditure statement that traditionally should not be in there, like the deductibility of work expenses, deductibility of rental expenses and how they are treated. So the government is beginning to turn its mind towards it, but I, it's pretty much steady as you go. They've made a government commitment not to make tax changes in their first um, period of government. So I think the election will have some tax concessions well and truly in their sights and probably ones in relation to housing, given the importance of the housing crisis at the moment. Mm. Tony, how about you? What have you been hearing from members post the budget and, and you know, the measures that were, were, were leaked in the lead up to it on super? Uh, well, I suppose um, to, to start with Nali, they're, they're, everyone's just waiting to see what 
what actually comes about and and what will actually finally get legislated before I think deciding what needs to be done. But I think amongst the SMSF, uh, our members who deal with SMSFs or have one, there's there's still a bit of angst and concern that um, APRA funds have got a, a free kick or seem to be seem to have got a free kick again, and SMSF seem to be to be hit again. So there's there is definitely concern in about that. Um, uh, but uh, certainly a lot of people are grateful for the amount of work that we have done in, the, in that space uh, in trying to get a reasonable result for everybody and a fair result for everybody. So clearly there's more work for us to do there, uh, unfortunately. Um, in relation to Payday Super, there's, there's a fair deal of angst of what it actually might mean, uh, especially to smaller businesses and certainly from a cash flow perspective. There's, there's very, very few businesses in this country that will not have cash flow concerns as a result of result of this change. For the last 30 years, they've had a concession that is about to fall away. So there's going to be some adjustment there and it will certainly lead to some levels of unemployment. So there's concern there um, amongst our members in relation to that. And in relation to the $3 million item, there's concern about what needs to be done and when uh, and what what the calculation and what the impact is actually going to be. So um, everyone's feeling their way in relation to that. And looking forward tentatively to the exposure draft release of legislation as to how it might actually work. So then we get a bit bit, bit better of idea of what how it might actually work. So I, I think overall, um, while, our, while some of our members actually support that measure, I think once they see how it actually work at a fund level, I don't think there'll be many people that will actually support it because it's going to be a considerable amount of work and a considerable amount of... Um, uh, agro for them and for their clients, regardless of which fund they're in. And once people actually work that out, I think they'll all be, think this is this is not a good thing, uh, and they wish it would never have been thought of. Mm. And so I know you and your team, Tony, as well, have done some further research on that proposed new tax on super. What is it that you've found out? Well, we've, we've done two layers of research so far, Gil, and we, we've got further work to go there. Our first our first batch of work was to look at it solely on asset price changes, taking into account no other taxes, no other, uh, no costs, no, and so on and so forth. And what that found was that the tax is incredibly lumpy uh, and over a 42-year period, just looking at ASX 200 returns, um, what we found was that the tax is paid uh, in only around about uh, 20 of those years, so around about 50% of the time, and 50% of the total tax paid was only paid in four financial years. So that's an incredibly lumpy tax, and um, there are there are vast be- periods of time when no tax is paid, and then other periods of time when when you have tax on in successive years. Now the issue is is that you won't know until late in the financial year whether or not you've actually got to pay this tax. So then you come right. down to well. What assets am I going to get rid of? Now, we then increased our complexity and looked looked at the payment of tax, taking into account dividend payments and made assumptions about franking credits and what we did with those franking credits. And we looked at two different scenarios, one where we where the individual pays the tax uh, if, if they've got the resources personally, and another one where they actually take the tax out of the fund itself. Now, let's look at that second one because that's probably what most people I think are going to do. Now, we we also looked at, okay, let's index the $3 million threshold. That's not government policy at the moment. And where we take current government policy not to index it. Over time, we didn't find too much difference 
between the results of indexing the threshold and not indexing the threshold in terms of the total mm -hmm. amount of tax paid. But what we actually did look, uh, what we actually did find was that the end benefits are lower because the incidence of tax hits earlier when you have um, no indexation of the threshold itself. So these are these are things that we're going to have to think carefully about whether or not we go to government to say whether or not we actually want that indexed, that, that threshold indexed. My gut mm. feel is that we should take what we can get, even it might be, even though overall it might be a small win, a win is better than a, a win is better than nothing or a loss. So I think I think that's probably where we'll, we'll you know, you, you take we what you land. can get. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and, yeah. And that 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 research that's been um emailed out, hasn't it, to people who are subscribers of your super and financial advice newsletter? Is that is that where they can access that? And if not, I'll definitely put a link to it in the show notes. Yes. So it is there. And also it's on it's in our opinion page on our website. So if you go to, you know, our opinion page, which is under our news and analysis area, then you'll you'll also find it in there. So it's got the graphs and all that sort of stuff. And and but as I as I uh, as I mentioned um earlier, there's more work that we need to do. We've only looked at accumulation money, you know, paying tax at 15%. So in other words, you know, effectively it's either it, it's not pension money. So we haven't looked at scenarios where we have a mixture of pension money and accumulation money and then what you should do. So so there's a range of things we actually haven't looked at at this point in time. So mm. there's further analysis for actually for us to actually uh, uh, you know get stuck into um, in the, I'll in, put over the next few weeks. Yeah, great. I'll put um, the link to that in the show notes in case some um, people aren't sure where to head to on our website as well. Susan, we're almost out of time. Is there anything else that you felt you wanted to highlight for those listening along today that are wondering about um, what's going on in, in the space that you cover? Well, we've been doing a lot of work with the ATO on tax debt because small business owes a lot of money to the tax office in relation to tax debt. And um, there has been a few surprises for our members, like debts that were on hold suddenly um, reducing refunds. So we've worked with the ATO to increase visibility of that. We also had a recent sharing knowledge session to try and get some clarity about guidelines about payment plans for our members and the ease of doing them online. So if people want to know how to get um, a one-year interest-free loan um, for tax debt dealing with activity statements, they should go and check out our sharing knowledge session. I will also put a link to that in the show notes as well. Look, that is all we have time for. I appreciate both of your time helping me take through our members what it is that was in the budget and anything else that's going on in the areas that you two are experts in. If you want to find out more, I will put a link to everything in regards to our federal budget page as well, which is on the CAANZ website in the show notes. And obviously there is a sharing knowledge recording of the budget, which the team did the day after it was handed down, that will be available as well in the show notes. The podcast has an email, so feel free to get in touch, podcast at charteredaccountantsanz.com and make sure you're following the pod in your favourite pod app so you are ready for next time. Let's start a conversation. Thank you, Susan and Tony, for being my experts on Small Firm Big Impact. Oh, you're welcome, Gil. Thank you. Thanks very much, Gil. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.